0: hello and welcome to another episode of the golden hour podcast i'm your host dave mays and i'm here with my good friend jake Bernal. Jake, thank you for being on the podcast
1: On everyone how's it going dave thank you so much for having me man i'm super stoked to be here <laughs> and as our story unfolds uh hopefully people will understand why i'm so stoked to be here but i'm so glad to see you man
0: so jake yes dude same same here i'm super happy to have you jake is a very good friend Um, Jake and I met, I guess like two years ago, it was like right before COVID hit, um, two or three years ago. And it was because I was looking for a shooter in California when I was living in Laguna at the time. And Jake responded to me on Twitter right away. He sent over a reel and it looked great. I gave him a call and the phone call sealed the deal. So like when I called him, we just talked about stuff and, um, you know, he was watching keynote at the time and was shooting on Fuji cameras and had some experience with all sorts of different video. It didn't really matter to me because I liked the guy like just talking to him on the phone was awesome. Sure enough, you showed up. We did a great shoot. You like brought a bunch of stuff. You had like your, your XT four, I think at the time with the Rode wireless go the original, they were
1: two XT threes. I had a silver and a black. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I, Okay, so yeah, it was it was pre it was pre XT four.
1: Yeah, this was about three um, years ago, and I, th- I think it was twenty nineteen, uh, towards the middle of twenty nineteen, mm. uh, right after I'd quit my job, uh, the last job that I've ever had, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I've told this story about a hundred times to to friends and other people that have asked me like, how did YouTube stuff get started for me? And uh, I always tell them like. Never underestimate the power of social media in today's day and age because it's one of those things that seemingly all of yeah. life gets piggybacked off of social media where people's eyes are constantly on it. And I mean, I I saw it's the true. tweet. I'd been following you because of Kinotika and I was like, you know what? I just quit this job. I don't want to just jump into another like company where I start flipping burgers or pushing brooms, which is what I was about to do. I was actually applying to work at Farmer Boy's. And uh, saw your tweet and reached out and, you know, just kept going from there.
0: Dude, that was such a, it was like a God thing, really. Just kind of the timing of everything just lined up perfectly. Um, the first video that we shot together was the DJI Mini original, <laughs> the first one. Um, <clears throat> that's how old we are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the original Mini came out. We did a review of it and um, you you shot really great stuff. And the footage looked great. I think you helped me with some editing as well. Um, you were in the uh, intro of the uh, Gear Guy video. And then also you helped me shoot that as well because I had to do some pickup shots on that. Mm. So, And then we went to CES together in 2020. like Right before all the COVID stuff happened in January yeah. of 2020, CES actually did happen and that's where you met um, a lot of the people that you actually work with now in person for the first time. You met Armando previously at a a shoot that we did together with him. Yeah, it was. And Connor was working with him there. It was the Metabones for the EOS R system,
1: uh, Metabones adapter. I remember Uh that we had used and talked about the Viltrox for a while there, and then Metabones came out with their official um, (laughs) RF to EF adapter. And you know, we would have met up with Armando and ironically enough, one of those two Fujifilm X-T3s that I had when I first met you, I was insistent on selling them. I remember we had a lot of conversations. We we were at your church shooting uh, something with uh, a mm-hmm. bunch of action cameras in the car and we had this conversation outside yeah. about... I kept telling you and I guess self justifying my Fujifilm um, obsession at the time of like, yeah, like Fujifilm is the closest when it comes to like pleasing color science, the closest that I've seen to Canon. And you looked at me and you went, well, dude, if you like Canon color science, why don't you just get a Canon? And I was like, true, I have two of these cameras, I can just sell them and get a Canon. So I got the USR from there. (laughs) And um yeah that's, yeah, that's where I met Armando. And I ended up selling him one of those XT3s after like a two-hour barter back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and it was funny because I remember we were at a coffee shop with Armando and Connor mm-hmm. and myself and, and, and you. And uh, it was we were done with our shoot, so we were just kind of just chilling out, getting coffee or whatever. And uh, you and him started bargaining like you were not like Armando. If you don't know Armando Fiera, he's like a really shrewd business guy, like in a good way. Like he's very good at it. Very business. <laughs> and uh, man. I never uh, stop respecting him. Very. For him. I have a lot of respect for him for that. And so, you know, you were selling it for a certain amount and he was like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not paying you that. I'll pay you this, you mm-hmm. know, but then you followed up and you kind of fought him back. And I remember there was a moment where Armando looked at me. he was like, Dude, this guy's good. This is this guy's good. Like most people, don't argue with me back, and so I think that's one of the reasons why you and Armando have ended up working together so much, and why you two get along because the two of you just seem to get along like really well. Yeah, we had <laughs> so.
1: actually had a lot of conversations about it uh, in the years you know after that um he ended up telling me one day he's like dude you you know i I ended up selling it right away like i didn't want the camera i bought it because you made a good deal out of it and i was like dude i had my sights out to sell it i've been selling like camera gear on facebook marketplace for a couple years and i was like you know what i dealt with people hitting me with the low balls and i'm like i know some lingo here let me see what i can do but yeah that was that was the same day that i met connor i remember we we talked a lot about some stuff. I think I I tried to sell him the XT3. Well, he's a Fuji guy. Yeah.
0: Um, That was, well, that might've been before he bought a Fuji actually, right? I think he was. Or maybe he owned the XT3 himself. Yeah, he was rocking
1: the XT3. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he had the Sigma 18 to 35 on a Fringer uh, Mark two adapter. Um, And then, yeah, that was the same day I met Drew Schnell, our buddy drew photo. And, and yeah, I think that's a day for me. Uh, along with the day that i first met you that'll go down in history because you know as time unfolded and and i continue to work alongside you and armando and connor connor actually became and is still one of my best friends even though you know he's back out there with you in nashville and mondo is you know yeah like a father figure as well to me and and i'm still working with him and
0: <laughs> i feel like he would he would say older brother, but the truth is father figure.
1: <laughs> okay. It'll probably sound better saying older brother, but you know, I get the, like, this is my boy right here. Kind of, kind of, uh, energy as well. But yeah, I think yeah. that day, maybe
0: a cool uncle,
1: <laughs> a cool uncle. Um, but yeah, like I think that day is definitely going to go down in, in history for me, uh, for a long time, um, because it's, that along with the day that I, I first met you it essentially changed my life forever. And, you know, I know that you and I have talked about this quite a bit, <laughs> wow. but, you know, I, I can never thank you enough for giving me an opportunity and letting me run with you on a bunch of crazy adventures. And, and you know, you you gave me a chance and, you know, my mentality has always been like, I don't want to waste any opportunity. I want to grow and, and. So I was never shy when it came to getting critiques and asking questions of like what can I do better and sure. because you gave me that grace and you gave me some love there I mean it it shifted my focus into something some brutal honesty Brutal honesty is definitely helpful um but you you know you were completely willing to just give me that chance and and to give me like Uh, essentially like the biggest opportunity in my world. And and you gave me a newfound passion for something that I didn't know that I can be so passionate about. And now as, as -hmm. the years have unfolded, I mean, what I do is like the, the, my favorite thing ever. I I love, absolutely love doing it. I wake up every morning with such a fire for it. And you know, I give you so much credit for that. That's awesome.
0: Well, thank you for giving me so much credit, but I want to also, like put the mirror on you as well and say, and any, anybody who's listening to this, I think one of the pieces that is really important that you actually said that is true is that you took advantage of every opportunity that you you've been given. Um, maybe even to a fault, like I know right now you're like, especially during NAB and stuff, like you are working a lot and, um, you know, you're single. Well, you're not saying you have, you do have a girlfriend, yeah, do, but person. like you, you're not married with kids and yeah. all that, you know? So like, you're at a stage in life where it is a good time to kind of hustle and to build your career because as you get older, like myself, (laughs) you know, like we're doing this, uh, at eight 30 at night, my time, Mm -hmm. um, because I had to put the kids to bed, you know? So like I couldn't, I could stack more work throughout the day if I really wanted to, but that's going to cut into the things that I value, which is family time and stuff like that. So when you don't have those things, it is a good time to hustle. But then I would also argue, and I hope you are, like taking time, you know, to break and to to rest and to have time with family and friends and stuff, too. But yeah. Anyways, um, that's the main key is that, like, not only did you show up and, like, do the job, but you did it well. You did it with a, a smile, with passion, with excitement, and you worked hard and you went, like, above and beyond. You always have just gone above and beyond and I'm sure everybody that has worked with you would agree, including I Justine, who you now work with as mm-hmm. well. And obviously, I, we didn't mention this yet either, but you work with Condor Blue, which is the company that um, we all love that Lucas heads up and um, it's a cage and rig company. We, uh, in fact, we should probably just like talk about that now, but I'd also love to touch on Justine, Armando, all that stuff. I guess I'm kind of like bouncing around a little bit because there's just a lot to say. A lot of history. Um, I guess this was just this was just kind of the intro here, but like again, Jake and I are like friends. Like we call each other. We've hung out. You've come over. You've been a part of our Mm -hmm. life. You've actually seen uh, Caleb's entire life unfold (laughs) (laughs) because when we first met, Caleb was an infant. He was like brand baby newborn. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and um, and then also too, like I don't know if you want to touch on it too, but like you've. Had a crazy health uh, journey over the last couple of years as well, which I'm just super proud of you for. And I'm inspired by, um, in fact, I've been calorie counting for the last, uh, ever since Vegas, and I've lost about six pounds, so dude. that's nice. <laughs>
1: Congrats, dude. That's awesome. Um, yeah, well, hey I'll start here. I'll start by introducing myself. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Jake, uh, Jake Bernal, uh, Southern California native, and I'm currently a shooter and an editor and uh among other things, and I, I will break that down right now. But yeah, to that point, you know, as you mentioned, Caleb, yeah. I actually, uh, I had this conversation with Armando in Vegas as well, but um, I don't know if you remember this, but one of the first things that we talked about when you came over to my house is, you know, when uh-huh. I you were telling me about your family and you were telling me about your newborn baby boy and, um, of course, yeah. obviously one of two kids, I can only imagine um And you were telling me about Laura and, and, you know, your family and family's always been one of my biggest things. And it's kind of a, a secret that I keep to myself because there's really no need to share it. But my biggest dream is to have a family (laughs) of my own one day and to be a dad that can support his children and a husband that can support his wife. And when you were telling me about your family more so, yeah, I thought that, you know, being able to shoot and edit for a YouTuber was cool. But my biggest thing was that I I can see that it's a time-consuming thing. And when you reached out for help, you know, I, I can tell yeah. that it wasn't you asking for help because you were incapable. It was you asking for help because there's a lot of time that goes into it. And so I told myself that sure. day that, yes, true. you know, the reason that I'm doing this is not just for me to try to, you know, jump through hoops in, in some sort of career, but because I saw that you were like, I told myself essentially, if there's, you know, three hours that I can put in or multiple hours that I can put in in a day to help you and alleviate some mm-hmm. of that time, that much more time that you can spend mm-hmm. with your family and your newborn baby and your, and your kids and your wife, it's all the more worth it to me because I can see that you were absolutely and like on fire, had so much love for your entire family. And you know, that made all the difference. And the same thing with Armando, Armando being a, a father of four and, and or, yeah you know sorry four kids yeah sorry three he's amazing three uh armando himself being a father um i i told myself the same father yeah yeah it's like it's not it's not about me and it's not necessarily at the time it wasn't even about youtube you know it it was just about being Mm -hmm. able to be part of something larger than myself and I know that being a creative is a time consuming job. And so if there was any time that I can give towards the creation or whatever we were creating that you can then give back to your family and your kids, then I mean, sign mm. me up. You know, like that's it, it the the story itself totally. was like pulling at my heart. And I was like, I don't just want to do this because it's cool. <laughs> I want to do this because this this man yeah. obviously loves his family. And, you know, if I can help be a part of that, well, that's sweet. I mean, I'd love to. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I've had in mind <laughs> Thanks, the entire time. Appreciate that. Um, you know, when I was working with you, and when I was work- and as I've been working with Armando, and I, I told them that as well. Sure. Because um, you know, family really is what I always have in mind. You know, one day I'll have my own, and so while I don't have a family now, I'd rather tirelessly work mm-hmm. and and hopefully not burn out. But I'd I'd rather tirelessly work now while I have the energy and youth to. Um, sure. so that one day, you know, my family won't have to struggle. So that's kind of where I'm coming at it. I, I did, uh, spread myself pretty thin when it came to NAB week, uh, working with Mondo, working with Condor Blue and running those interviews and the Q and A's, um, and just being so yeah. energetic with people. Cause you know, I like to have energy and be, uh, friendly <laughs> with people. And so, yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, to segue into that, um, just. After meeting uh, Armando as well, and then, you know, everything kind Mm -hmm. of happening there, I remember there being a point where it was like, okay, Jake's going to come live here in Laguna. And I think Drew was also moving in at the time when we were having conversations about me coming there. And then, boom, bombshell robbery happened. And this is like a week or two before covid started locking things down i remember um you know if anyone is while. familiar with the kinotika history and lineage and dave's story but uh he was robbed in 2019 um or 2020 mm-hmm. th- oh yeah it was 2020 it was a, it was
0: a good while into, yeah it was right before yeah yeah it was during covid right before a lot of the lockdowns yeah, yeah.
1: it was it was before your first move around it was when you were still in laguna nigel and um when that robbery happened well we what, what was that we moved because yeah of exactly it. <laughs> so, yeah so it was right before that yeah, first yeah. that first move from there and i don't know like that was such yeah. a scary thing and i remember like like i
0: wasn't like you're the first person i called i was like
1: what do i do <laughs> well i remember like trying and, to help out with the with selling the drone that, and i remember taking pictures and and having some conversations with people yeah. online about it and then um i remember getting home and getting a call from you and you know it was shocking I, I mean i remember hearing the fear and and like the terror and it was also like like almost shock and i think you had called me just minutes after it happened and i remember going like okay everything you just told me because you gave me so much detail i was like everything you just told me i made a note of it call the police like right now um yeah and then you know yeah which is yeah, what I did. and then the story unfolded and and
0: um that was what uh, and then they came back two weeks they, later and took everything they came back two weeks <laughs> later, and
1: you know that was when and drew had his stuff taken as well unfortunately and yeah um i i'm pretty sure i told you this but i think the two of my hard drives got stolen as well that i'd left there that i oh, edited really? off of um but you know that's it is what it is um sorry about that yeah
0: okay. yeah i mean it's just it was crazy, man. Yeah. And um, thankfully, nobody got hurt and everybody's fine. Uh, it's just stuff. Uh, I really don't care about the stuff other than one camera that was like a family heirloom. But um, again, it's it's even that is just a thing. Yeah. And my family was safe. We ended up moving. And, uh, you know, we, we had a great uh, home after we moved that we really enjoyed in RSM. And then obviously the Indie Mogul thing happened and Ted reached out to me when the robbery happened and we had lunch after the robbery. And that's kind of where I got the offer to host Indie Mogul. So in a weird way, like if it wasn't for the robbery, I don't know. Like, I don't, I asked Ted about it and he was like, yeah, that might've been one of the reasons why I thought about you was because I saw the robbery pop up. And so it made me think of you. So um, in a weird way, like the robbery allowed me to have, one of the coolest opportunities I've ever had, you know, hosting that channel for Indie Mogul. So I, it was traumatic and I definitely had uh, some, um, I had to kind of heal from that for a while. And, but, you know, I, I've also learned now to have proper business insurance and to have like, you know, cameras everywhere. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily to keep the bad guys from coming in, but to provide, uh, you know, information to the police whenever somebody bad does come mm-hmm. in so um anyways i learned a lot and it was a, a definitely a reminder that like oh shoot we're not we're not in the old country like nashville anymore like it, it really was like welcome to la yeah. <laughs> so yeah what a warm um, unfortunately <laughs> um yeah <I've- laughs> but it's all good god is good everything is fine everybody's okay so Um, but that was yeah that that was crazy (laughs) i remember just just kind of sitting there afterwards thinking like like
1: i i remember also like telling myself like had i been there maybe something else would have happened you know had i been there maybe it could have been preventable like there's so many pieces that you you can't really play that game And no, exactly it's it's so hard to like because i remember being there just an hour and a half before thinking like had i been there maybe this would have happened or this wouldn't have happened and you know like obviously I took a step and I took myself out of it. And I was like, I'm just so glad that, you know, Dave and the family's okay. Being so close to the situation. Um, but yeah, that, that was definitely scary. And I think it was after yeah. that, that, you know, COVID kind of took over, everything started shutting down and and nobody really needed any yeah. shooters or editors or videographers. And so I kind of just sat back and, uh, uh-huh. and I had started um, just <laughs> doing my own thing, eating in the savings and, I started picking up more and more work with Armando, whom I'd I'd shot on some sets with just doing BTS photos um, when he did a, a production with, I believe it was the EOS R or maybe the A7S three. It was some, some camera that we did. And um, I remember shooting on a set mm. for Armando, um, just thinking like, this is awesome. Like life's on the up and up. And then, you know, COVID shutting everything down. Um, everyone was taking a break. And I kind of yeah. just sat there with my camera in my hands thinking like, well, this will probably last like a month or two. Little did we know, right? As we're going into our uh, soon to be senior year of COVID. Um, But yeah, I kind of just sat there with my camera in my hands thinking like, I don't know what to do, man. Like I, I, so I just started, I picked up my guitar, started posting covers on my story and then um, just, just sat there and then eventually work picked up again. Um, And I think at this point, Mm -hmm. Connor, had made the decision to move back with you um, to Nashville. And while that was happening, I, I kind of just, you know, I got hit up by Armando saying like, hey, do you want to you come work with me? And so that's kind of how that picked up there. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of little in-betweens yeah. as well. But in, in shooting with Armando on that set is when I met Lucas, because it was Lucas's production company, Moai Films, that Armando um, was using for this shoot that we were doing and you know lucas presented himself and he was such a cool dude and and i remember seeing all the condor blue products everywhere and i was like wow these things are cool and he was like yeah thanks man and i was like where'd you get them he goes they're mine and i was like yeah and it kind of took a second to realize and then he goes yeah i'm like i own the company condor blue and i was like oh oh cool um
0: i thought (laughs) you meant
1: like you bought these like clearly they're yours i didn't know you owned the company and so that was my first introduction into that. <laughs> uh, before Connor had moved, we'd we'd done some stuff together with and for Condor Blue uh-huh. or Lucas, and so that was my introduction into Condor Blue. And then I want to I want to say like a year oh. ago now, me and Connor were working on some videos, some product videos for Condor Blue, and Lucas had asked me if uh-huh. I can come and be part of the team. At the time, I was just I was working so much with Mondo and doing other freelance work that I, you know, I didn't feel like I had the time to and. You know, a couple months ago, I pretty much said, like, let's do it. Like, let me, let's, I want to see what I can do. You know, let, like, put me on the team and, and let's get running. And so, I've been with Condor Blue as the uh, head of social media and marketing now. So, you know, I, I reach out with, uh, talk to the influencers and, you know, if we get a DM on Instagram. You guys are chatting with me. And, you know, if you guys send a, a, an email to the marketing email, that's, that's also me. So, so sorry. I'll, I'll get to your email soon. Um, but yeah, that's, you know it all tied in from again just like meeting you it it really has been like the anchor point of the entire story is like meeting you then i met mondo and and i also met justine through you at vlog university and then meeting mondo i met lucas and Mm -hmm. was introduced to condor blue and that all kind of snowballed and and progressed as time went on so you know again thank you (laughs) well
0: it's um (laughs) well again i um I, you're welcome, I guess, but also it's just how the industry works. Like, cause I could say the same about other people that have introduced me to, to so many other people. And, um, we're very blessed to be a part of a community that's uh, pretty tight knit. So once you kind of get in, it's easy to, to meet other people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a small group of people that are skilled in these things. So it's kind of like in particular for the YouTube filmmaking niche, like there's really not many people that do it, so if you happen to be good at editing those videos, or you've worked with a creator, um, like for example, Connor is doing some edits for Jevin Dovey. and it's like it, it's very easy to do that because you know he's edited for me and for Armando, mm-hmm. and you know it's easy for you to work with Justine because they're sort of similar to Armando videos or Tika videos, so it's it's really important to not only like practice your skill set and get good at it, but also just get out there and meet people and do what Jake did. Like if you see an opportunity, go get it, you know, respond to it. I mean, I saw you posted a, um, uh, Mr. Beast posted a thing about like, Hey, I'm looking for, uh, shooters, editors. And you responded and, um, you know, who knows what could come of that? We'll see. Well, time will tell. I'm very excited and you're more than qualified for it. But, uh, Mr. Beast is a little bit larger than Armando and Dave Mays, so I'm sure there's way more uh, people submitting their applications. Um, but it's very exciting nonetheless.
1: So. Yeah, it's um s- still working on that, still tugging on that string, and uh hoping to unveil some good news That's on that fun. soon, but um. Through through more conversation that'll be happening with with somebody that I did get in contact with, um, on the Mr. Beast side of the YouTube universe. That's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really just been about first of all not underestimating the power of social media. You know, I understand that being a a follower and and a subscriber and essentially on this side of the screen for so long. Um, I remember seeing like a specific number of followers or subscribers that people would have and thinking like my message will get lost in translation. I know they're getting messages all the time, you know, but it, it really is just about if you really want to, to put yourself out there and, and to, you know, offer your services to somebody or a creator, just there's nothing that's stopping you from just sending a message or saying something. Cause the worst that can happen is they just don't see it, you know? Um, and you happen to see yeah. it, and it, it just happened to work. Um, and I've been incredibly thankful for that ever since. But yeah, I mean the the whole snowball effect. You're right. I mean it, it is such a t- like a tight knit community, and it really is like brothers and sisters everywhere. You know, it, it almost as- astounded me at first just to see like how many people knew each other in the industry, especially being at CES that first year with you, or even NAB this year. Like everyone knew each other everybody's like hey welcome back we're back in the convention life like it's been years and it's like wait it's crazy to see that when i was first coming up and watching these youtube videos i would refer to that guy's channel and this guy's channel and your channel and their channel and her channel and like they're all friends and (laughs) and we're all hanging out and getting dinner together at nab in in vegas and i'm just like this is this Mm. is weird because it's it feels like such a canon universe sorry not canon but it's feels like its own universe that everyone's a part of. Um, and it's just cool to, to be kind of like inside of it now and, and being able to be helpful. And, you know, I, I've definitely tried to do as much as I can on my part when it comes to being helpful and, and having some growth on my end of things. Um, I remember being very nervous and a little embarrassed at first, uh, which I, I should have humbled myself even more, but, um, having to ask for help or or borrow gear from people or even you when I'm like, hey, like I don't have a lavalier mic. I don't have these these pieces of equipment. Um, and looking back, you know, I I shouldn't have been so hard on myself. You know, it, everybody has a starting point. Um, but my goal yeah. throughout the past few years has been to to grow and, and save up and and try to make it so that if somebody asks for my help, if there's a creator that asks for my help, then I can just show up and have every piece of equipment that I need to be helpful. So any camera or any media card or specific lenses or microphones, you know, lights that I've I've accrued over the past couple of years, like that has been my goal. Just so I I can, I can essentially say like, Hey, if you need help, I'll load the car, bring yourself and your camera too. If you want, let's do this thing, you know? Um, So that's kind of where, I've been getting at uh the past couple months especially as I've been rounding out my collection of of gear but essentially uh, that that just came from me being too my uh too hard on myself because the gear really isn't as important as it is the content you create with it.
0: Well yeah and uh, you know at least in our small little niche too I mean most of the YouTubers own a bunch of stuff anyways mm-hmm. so they really are just looking for somebody who is competent with the camera and who's like good to hang out with. And I think, uh, the last part is almost the more important part (laughs) because there's a lot of driving around and there's a lot of like wandering around, finding a location and like coming up with ideas and, um, you know, trying to figure out what the video is. Cause these videos are often, um, kind of made either spur of the moment or impromptu or if they are scripted um, it's pretty simple and sometimes we just need somebody to bounce some ideas off of or whatever um, however right now Connor and I are working on some stuff that's a little bit more thought out and and stuff but I, I still like I value his opinion and we sit down and like talk about things and, and so it is more than just shooting the camera when you get into the YouTube creator space mm-hmm. because you're kind of having to serve many roles. You're recording the audio, making sure that the audio levels are correct. You're shooting the video and you're also taking photos either for Instagram or for the thumbnail and understanding all of those things for a YouTube video is what makes a YouTube content creator person, uh, a specialty uh, kind of niche uh, freelancer because you are able to understand like when you're done with a shoot, like, Hey, are did we, what's, what's your idea for the thumbnail? You know, like if if I were to just hire some random video person, like they would maybe not even consider the thumbnail, mm-hmm. but it's important, you know, to remember all those aspects of the YouTube uh, creator space. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Like, what are some of the things that you bring to the table that you think if if other people want to get into working with other creators, like what are some of the skills that you find valuable When you're working with people like Justine or Armando? I
1: think, in terms of the thing that I've I've found the most valuable, is in trying to be adaptable to other creators' workflow. Because I essentially Mm -hmm. just like to be as helpful as I can. And, you know, I I don't want to have any speed bumps because I I do know that there are other people that have the ability to do this as well. So, you know, I want to be able to just hit the ground running and not have to ask too much in terms of direction. Um, And obviously, I like to grow and learn. So I'll obviously, like first edit first round draft of editing, I'll be like, hey, give me every note that you possibly can so that, you know, I don't have to ask for these notes again, like, so I can get it right the next time. And, you know, there there won't have to be too much back and forth in conversation with the editing process. And um, I think being able to at least familiarize yourself with different NLEs like DaVinci Resolve or Premiere or Final Cut is definitely helpful. Armando is native in Premiere and Justine in, in Final Cut. And, you know, I've I've done some editing work for Jenna, Justine's sister, and, you know, she uses Final Cut as well. Mm. And, you know, I, I've done a lot of stuff in Premiere, like projects in Premiere when it comes to editing. And I'm still trying to get the color grading down, but... Um, I think just familiarizing myself with different NLEs has been super helpful. Um, And then honestly, just adapting oneself to different styles. I think that if I brought my own style of what I'd imagine shooting this video like, there would be almost too much conversation about like, hey, I was actually looking for this or hey, instead, like, let's let's go for this. Um, I think just just getting past myself and and realizing like this is not my channel. This isn't my content. I'm I'm here working alongside them. I don't want to take anything away from them. I, I want to contribute as much as I can and be helpful. So just being as adaptable as I can and letting go of the parts of me that's like, okay, well, I really think that we should do it like this instead. That's not my call. Now, there's definitely been plenty of times where they've asked for creative input that I'm more than happy to 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 put out there um an example is when the insta 360 one rs came out a little action camera uh-huh. super fun um, i remember armando and justine both had to do a video on it and i took on the challenge of essentially planning it and shooting it and editing it for both of them the videos for both of them and i did it the same day so we all three of us met up on in one city one location And I essentially was just, you know, thank God the FX three, the camera that I go to has two card slots because I'm like, essentially like, okay, uh, take one Mondo card one shoot. And then I'd be like, okay, Justine's turn, uh, swap cards, uh, take one, Justine go like, And I was just like bouncing the footage between the two cards so that I wouldn't get confused. And then obviously like, like inserting footage into each video where I would. But um, I remember, I think we had finished shooting that on, I believe a Friday. And they were like, Hey, we both need to post these by Monday. Are you sure you got this? And I had in my head, like, because I shot it, I felt like confident that I can edit it because I, I essentially like to edit in my head as I'm shooting it. And, and try to be as strategic as I can when when shooting and and being as like purpose I I try to have every shot have a purpose you know I like having extra b-roll is great but I I try to get as much use out of it as I can especially to you know preserve and conserve card space but I, I just remember thinking to myself like I'm not sleeping this weekend, but yeah, I got this. And so I went home that night, got the, the base edits out of the way and the color grading and just cranked it out. And I want to say like two, (laughs) two days. And I sent them both their videos and they went up and I just sat back and I was just like, Hey, I think I texted both of them. I was like, Hey, Give me a couple days before either of you hit me up for more shooting because I'm sleeping. Like this was a this was fun and I loved <laughs> doing it, but like I did not. Sl- I was yeah. running on Red Bull and Coffee and Hope. Um but yeah, like <laughs> and what? Hope. And hope? <laughs> Very little. Um but the thing was that bo- both of their videos were different styles because they're you know their channels have different styles and and um you know thematically sure. different as well. So um, you know, having to essentially trying to make myself a sponge and, and take in as much mm-hmm. as I can information wise by studying their past videos. Like, you know, when I first started uh, shooting and doing some editing or for you know, Armando, I, I just remember like, okay, I- I'm going to study his videos. And, and it was, I'm so glad that I was friends with Connor and still am friends with Connor because I remember asking him questions about editing and, you know, where he would where he put his thought process in editing and and studying his Connor's work which I never told him this because I think he'd like hold it over me but I studied his work on Armando's channel for a, <laughs> a while just so I can hit the ground running and be like okay if this is the uh the footage that Armando's looking for if this is the editing style that Armando's looking for like I need to do my homework I need to do my research and do uh-huh. my due diligence to Armando because he's given me this opportunity I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this so that I don't have to, you know, spend too much time learning when he just wants to work. So, you know, I, I didn't I didn't sure. want to have to be coddled and 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 taught every step of the way. I just wanted to say, like, okay, I I did my learning. I want those notes to correct myself where things are wrong, but let me just hit the ground running. And same thing with Justine. You know, when I started shooting and editing with Justine. Um, I studied her channel. I watched previous videos in the past couple months and I was like, okay, this is what her flow looks like. This is like the music style that she goes for. This is the tone. And you know, this is like the colors grading that she usually goes with. And so like, let me adapt to that. So, you know, I'm, I just sent in a, a video yesterday and I told her, I was like, this might be my favorite video that I've edited for you so far, because I had a lot of fun with it in both shooting it and editing it. And, um, I mean, all green lights and, and thumbs up, uh, it it should be up soon. But like, it's things like that, like cool. being able to just say like, hey, I finally got down this workflow. I, I finally got it down. And obviously, there's no such thing as a perfect video. There's no such thing as a perfect channel. And there's no such thing as perfect content. But if they're happy with it, and I'm mm-hmm. able to just say like, okay, I'll shoot it. Let's take this footage. I, i'll i give you something to work with or i'll give you a video that you can post um i think i i get a lot of like i don't know I, it just feels really good when i don't get too many notes back but you know obviously when i get a note i don't beat myself up over it i'm like you know what it's good to see that there's notes in like frame io on the timeline i see you know if it's peppered with notes and 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 things of that nature i don't get discouraged i like to read them and be like okay now i can apply this the next time i shoot and these notes won't have to be there next time and i I can you know hone in on this workflow and i essentially make it hopefully get to the point where one day it's like okay uh footage here's the video and then it just gets posted and and that would be great um but for now like it's it's just like being able to be humble with myself and say like there's no way that I can just jump onto any project and be like, "I got it down perfect." You don't even have to watch it. Trust me, just post it. Like, there's no way that I'm gonna ever be in that position where I'm like, "Trust me, this is perfect." Um, you know, like being able to say, "Like, there's always room to grow." Give me those notes. I I love asking for notes. I love learning through critique. Um, I think in doing that, it it helps me grow even further with myself. So, you know, in making my own videos, I did these these little vlog series that I kind of stopped putting too much energy into, but I kind of developed my Mm -hmm. own style for narrating and and telling a story by picking up what I had learned in the past few years working with these other people. And so um, I think that there's a quote that I heard and I don't remember where it was applied and I don't even remember who said it, but the quote goes, in failing to copy somebody else's style, you create your own. And so I think there have been times where in in trying to replicate a certain content creator's exact style, when I get those notes, not necessarily it being called failure, but just notes of improvement... I was able to I guess form my own type of workflow and my own type of style that I like to apply that I then put into my own videos. Mm. So in my little videos that I made, you'll see some vlog type style stuff and then there's talking head and then there's narration and you know I, I like to leave mm. people with an overall positive message and all of that is in a video about me getting kicked in the balls by Stevo. So like how positive can it really get? I, I tried to make it um, like bits and pieces of things that I've learned from other channels. So I guess just to answer your question, sorry for the long uh, response there, but to answer your question, no, if there's anything that I can say to somebody wanting to put themselves out there and work for another content creator or even start creating content for themselves is don't be afraid to experiment and don't be afraid to receive critiques because a critique and a note is not somebody saying, Hey, you're doing it wrong. It's hey, you're right there, but this is this is what will make it like on point for my creation and my and my channel. Never take that and like hang your head down. I love those types of notes and I like to apply them immediately because if you're able to apply those to yourself and your workflow immediately, then you're going to be way better and stronger in the long run, especially the next time, you know,
0: so. 100%, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that was a great like overall like th- thing to talk about because I think, um, if you're working for other people, then yeah, that's absolutely the attitude you have to, to take that being said, you know, often I would ask for your feedback or opinion on things and you're always there with, with great ideas. So, um, it's an ebb and flow. And the way that I view it, especially with Connor and I, like Connor and I are like, uh, almost like brothers in a way. So we can kind of get angry at each other and yell at each other too. So like, it's, it's a, it's a different dynamic with, with us a little bit, but it works well. And, and that's what makes it kind of entertaining. Um, but, uh, you're totally right. If you're working for other people, like you got to be open to the notes and to all that stuff and just learn and grow. And, um, I mean, yeah, i I totally agree. So that's awesome. Uh, let's talk about the, all the cameras that you've kind of hopped around on and you've now landed on Sony. I'm assuming that, like it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. A lot of the gear that you own is because it's stuff that you're using with the people that you're working with. And currently Sony FX three is like kind of the best camera to use for the work that you're doing and for the creators you're working with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but when we were working together, I think I had one or two EOS R's, maybe one. I I don't remember how many I had. I I think at one point I did own two, but, um, i know i at least had one and then you had one as well so uh there was a period of time where we were just all eos r um and then yeah so but then you've hopped over to the r5 you've had the a7s3 the fx3 or i don't know if you ever owned the a7s3 but my um, camera you went to sony canon back to sony my camera timeline
1: (laughs) makes it look like one either i can't commit to a specific camera which is something that i hear about guitars often i mean i just got a new guitar and i remember hearing from my friends like really what'd you get Uh, a martin Triple O twenty eight, 28 um my dream guitar same one that john mayer was using for a long time until he got his own signature edition but
0: dude yeah i would I'd recommend holding on to that one for a long time because it'll go up in value and it's special. So just don't sell this.
1: Ironically one. enough, earlier today I was like talking to a friend. I was like, "Yeah, I might sell it." <laughs> um, it's it's not that I'm I'm not content with any piece of gear, whether it be like a guitar or a camera. It's the, it's just that I'm I'm always so curious about. What else is out there but you're right i should just land on something and, and appreciate it and hold it over time i'm hoping that this will be my like willie nelson trigger where it's all like cut up and, and beat up and it's got like road worn love and story on it so i'm hoping this is that guitar but you know if, if you ever see me post this guitar anybody that's out there listening if you ever see me post this guitar for sale like whoop me in the shape please okay so back onto the uh, camera story my <laughs> timeline um, yeah, I when I started with you, I was rocking two XT3s, and then we had that conversation about I was like, Yeah, Sony or Fuji's color science is so great, it's almost like Canon's. And you're like, Well, you should just get a Canon then. If you rave about Canon color science, you're right. Sold both of those XT3s and picked up an R with a battery grip, and then I adapted the 24 to 70 2.8 Mark II EF, and then after that camera, I had mm-hmm. the Sony a seven three, because that was the camera to have at the time. And everybody was rocking the Tamron 28 to 75, I believe it was. And then I picked up the 17 to 28 yep. Tamron lens. And I had that little like package deal there. Then I quickly realized something. Whoa, I I don't like this camera at all um, compared to the EOS R. Um, and you know, my first camera ever was a Canon camera. And so seeing that like Canon color science right out of the camera I was used to, and there was some fiddling that I had to do with the Sony and you know, it, it was a great camera at the time, but I think I quickly grew out of my love for it. And so from there I sold that camera and I believe the next thing I picked up was the Fujifilm X-T4, if I'm not mistaken. So I was rolling with the Fujifilm X-T4 and I actually held on to that camera for a long time. Um, Because I have this deep love and appreciation for Fujifilm, my friend Cam Mackey actually got me onto the Fujifilm like love train that was like I was on for so long. So it wasn't just the XT3s, but I think he and I originally met when I was going to buy his XT2. And we had a long conversation about cameras, and he was a Fujifilm Fujigang for the longest time. And so, shout out, Cam. Thank you very much for giving me this love uh, for Fujifilm. But uh, yeah, I was <laughs> rocking the X-T4 for a long time, and it got to the point where I was starting to get bigger and bigger jobs photography-wise. Um, so I, I've told this story uh, maybe once or twice, but I had the Fujifilm X100V, which is this really cool little compact uh, fixed lens, 35 millimeter equivalent camera, and it's like this little point-and-shoot style, and I loved that thing, and I had it paired with my X-T4 for a while, and when I started mm-hmm. getting bigger and bigger jobs photography wise, when I was shooting on sets in LA and in Hollywood shooting BTS behind the scenes and, and shooting photography on set um, as an on-set photographer for these production companies, um, it hit me. I was like, okay, I I probably should get a, a full frame sensor. I should probably get something with a little bit more punch to it. Um, and it wasn't that the Fujifilm was, not capable, but I wanted higher megapixel count, essentially, for my workflow. So I ended up transitioning into the R5, but I still kept that X100V. And it got to the point where mm. I was loving the combination of having the R5 and the X100V. And I remember being out with some friends of mine. And my friend um, was essentially like, hey, uh, I'm going to take my little sister to Dairy Queen to get some ice cream. It was a hot summer day. She was like, do you want to come with? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I took the X100V it as it was the perfect little carry around camera and I snapped this uh-huh. photo and I posted it on my story and it was like perfect timing because my friend's little sister is just like this adorable little girl, with blue eyes. She had like the blonde pigtails in wearing overalls and like ice cream running down her hand. And right behind her was perfectly Mm -hmm. positioned like this station wagon, like this old timey station wagon. And then you see the Dairy Queen sign and it's like not a new Dairy Queen. It's it's, like old and it's like a little shack. And so this like nostalgic scene that I saw, I like told her, I was like, Oh wait, 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 don't move, don't move. Snap the picture. And it was JPEG straight out of the camera Uh because I love Fujifilm's color science and their their film simulations. And I posted it and I tagged Dairy Queen and then Dairy Queen got in touch with me and they're like, Hey, we love this photo. Can we pay you for it? Can, can we have it? And so I got in contact (laughs) with somebody on their team and they're like, yeah, tell us about this photo. Like, like what was the story behind it? And I was like, I just, I didn't want to just tell them like, I took it for fun. It wasn't a shoot. It was just, it just happened. But I, I essentially just told them I was like, yeah, I was, just shooting for fun and and thanks for liking the photo um and that was just from me having a good time with this little apsc fixed lens x100v like a 1200 hundred dollar camera yeah. and posted it on my instagram story tagged them not thinking they'd see it but essentially saying look dairy queen's in this photo let's tag dairy queen it's what you do it's, it's how social media has been working right and yeah they they reached out got in touch yeah. and and um had, had we had started planning doing a shoot for Dairy Queen and then some COVID things happened and that conversation kind of tailed there but you know I, I guess it's on me to pick up that conversation again but um, in terms of workflow yeah I, I had been shooting on Armando's X or sorry FX3 for a while there and then shooting his thumbnails and, and shooting uh-huh. other content for him on my R5 but in working with Justine and she's all Sony as well it was kind of a no-brainer i just told myself like i i just need to bite the bullet in terms of like you know it, it makes sense business-wise for me to switch and so i picked up the uh, fx3 and sure. it's currently what you're viewing me on and i picked up the tamron 35 to 150 um which is almost impossible to grab right now for so many reasons like the shipping thing that's been going on I got so lucky finding this lens. Shout out Cardinal Camera, by the way, out in Philadelphia, I believe, um, for helping me out, <laughs> and like I got on a phone call. I, I remember searching through Facebook, looking for this lens, like hoping that one person was going to sell it, you know, because it's right now it's so hard to find this lens
0: thirty, 35 to, what? to 35 150. To
1: 150 f2 to 2.8 constant um or not constant but f2 to 2.8 wow um yeah f2 to 2.8 yeah, and it's yeah. incredibly sharp cool. really great range and i told myself like if i'm shooting for somebody else i'm not vlogging i don't
0: need a wider lens this is the only lens that i'll need to shoot yeah you'll their be, content
1: yeah i'll be set
0: you'll be standing a little further back and you, you know 35 on a full frame is actually fairly you know, wide enough. Thirty-five is the perfect focal length for almost everything. I, I yeah, think. I'm, I'm, so the fact that you have the ability to zoom into one fifty is kind of nuts. Yeah, that's great. It's just it, big. It's but it's again, you're operating it, so they're not vlogging. Exactly.
1: It it's it's a chonker. But I remember searching for this lens, and I remember seeing on a Facebook forum somebody had posted like, "I just got mine," and I was like, "What." I think you tweeted about it the other day, but B and H, when you like sign up on their email list of like remind me or notify me when this becomes available every two weeks, they send you that email of hey B and H product reminder, and then you have to like read halfway and it's like we regret (laughs) to inform you. I I kept getting those, getting my hopes up, thinking like come on, stupid, (laughs) and so it got to the point where I was just searching Facebook Marketplace and somebody was like, I just got mine, and somebody was like, where'd you get it? And they said like Cardinal Camera in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And so I I went to their website and this is the only website that I saw that it didn't say out of stock and it didn't say back order or pre-ordered. So I added it to my cart mm-hmm. and I was about to pay and I was like, okay, hold on. I just want to be double sure. I called them and I was like, hey, uh, I, I'm getting ready to make this purchase on your website. I just want to make sure that it's actually in stock. And they're like, no, actually, it's not in stock. And I was like, oh, like immediately heartbreak. They're like, yeah, like we're actually like a family owned 80 year old um like camera store and we don't actually know how to like have the technology to put like the stock and the stock counter on our website. And I was like, <laughs> mm, no. Oh and and she told me she was like, but I'm glad you called because we're actually getting a shipment of like seven of them in like three days. And I was like, if I pay for it oh my now. Goodness. Can I please have one? And she was like, "You know what? Like, like you're you're <laughs> you're very kind. and You're very nice." And and you know, we started talking, chatting back and forth. And she was like, "If you order it now, give me your order number, and as soon as we get it, I'll send it to you directly." And I I didn't pay tax, and I didn't pay for shipping, and it arrived at my door in like five days. So like, so much love, Dude, so awesome. much love, Cardinal Camera. Thank you very much. Um, and I just remember Cardinal like Cam. holding this, and <laughs> it almost felt like. Uh, what's a good like metaphor for this? Like the first time the Power Rangers morphed into a Power Ranger, it like the moment that the camera <laughs> and the lens like touched, there was a spark. And then the moment they clicked, like I turned into a Power Ranger. It felt so right. And I was like, yes, the perfect combo. So I'm not getting I'm never getting rid <laughs> of this this setup, the FX3, unless the FX3 Mark II ever comes out. But uh, this this Tamron lens and the <laughs> FX3. So that's that's my camera storyline. It's Fujifilm to Canon to Sony back to love it. Back to Fujifilm, then to Canon, and now back to Sony. And I'm pleasantly surprised with the FX3. Uh, was looking into maybe picking up
0: an FX6 or an FX9 at some point down the line, but. Well like good luck finding yeah good luck finding one of the FX6s they're like they're they're sold out oh time. i have my
1: ways dave i have my ways
0: you sure do clearly dude clearly um i yeah i being around all you guys at NAB literally everybody had a sony camera at NAB um whether it was an FX3 or an A7S3 um for video and the size is amazing the color science is great the ibis is amazing obviously the low light is like next to none um but my canon does look really good i still like how it looks it looks really nice (laughs) i will
1: say (laughs) i i do in terms of just straight my opinion as a photographer i came from a photography background and i still consider myself a photographer probably not a photographer first anymore uh, because I've been doing DP work mm. and directing music videos and, and doing more just content video wise. But I started photography as a pure photography perspective. Canon will always take the cake in my opinion. I, I, loved, I, I did a <laughs> photo shoot with Justine using the FX3, not having an EVF, knowing uh. it's only 12 megapixels. And it having sure. such a low megapickle count, I was like a little concerned at first. <laughs> megapickle. <laughs> yeah.
0: I did that one. That's a, that's a Zach Mayfield term. Yeah. yeah I, I have my
1: Cranon and Fuji juice hats here as well. Um, but yeah, I, as Oh, very nice. I remember being a little nervous. I was like, this is 12 megapixels. And you know, it's this is like a really fun shoot in a studio. Will it hold up? And I used lights and, and flash and all that, but I was really surprised. You know, these are pictures that are going on a website and are going on social media. It looks great. Yeah. She, I think some of the last things that she posted uh, with the blue background on her Instagram, uh, I took that with the FX three and it, it held up. I did kind of miss having an EVF, but I've already adapted my shooting styles, not needing one. But uh, in terms of like straight out of camera and editing, like post work with photography, i loved the canon r5 and i still Mm -hmm. kind of lean canon but video wise i mean i feel like it's a no-brainer i love sony and in the months that armando was trying to convince me to switch jump ship from canon and go to sony i told him every time i was like dude i fully admit and i was like you can't tell me that i'm wrong but i prefer canon for photo but i was like i will fully admit and say that Video-wise, Sony takes the cake from my, my opinion because I had been working with the Sony footage and shooting on a sure. Sony and I was already comfortable with it. And I don't know if you can tell, like right behind me for anybody that's watching this on YouTube is the uh, Sony F65. And we actually did a shoot with that where we matched it with S-Log3 and the color science held up between that old hunkin' dinosaur, that beast of a camera i mean it's an 8k super 35 it's amazing um cine like netflix approved camera and this fx3 this tiny little package was matching color science with it perfectly so i mean sony i'm I'm sorry to say like all of my my canon friends and other canon caressers out there i am a sony fan when it comes to video
0: (laughs) canon caressers i love it i'm a sony sim yeah i um (laughs) <laughs> these are all the zach mayfield uh, isms which i love yeah I, i'm totally with you here um partially i am staying because the some of the people i work with are all canon um connor hates sony yeah. so <laughs> i'm kind of like eh, i don't really care either way to be honest like if he's operating it he's he bought he bought your R five yeah, by yeah. The
1: way. I'm, I'm glad that he, to hear that he hates sony which means he's happy with the r5 because like yeah i sold him my r5.
0: yeah and but i and i own the c70 now and i love it um and he always wants to use his r5 and i want him to use my c70 because it's better but it's a little bigger so he kind of complains about it but uh <laughs> connor i love you um So yeah, but I've been using the C70 for like home video, Mm -hmm. which is hilarious, but um, with a tiny little like STM lens on it and the built-in mic on the camera is actually really good. And so I'll just use that for like home video. And I've got like built-in ND, really good in-camera audio and 4k 10 bit internal, you know, of my kids, which is like kind of fun. So um, and you know, I still love the color science of the canons, but it does not matter anymore. They're both solid options. Um, the Sony's look great, clearly, yeah. so which is very that's, exciting.
1: I, that, that's the biggest point that anybody can make is that there is no such thing now as a bad camera. I mean, they're they're all absolutely mm. incredible and can do incredible things, and they all have completely capable video functions. Even even like the um, the base level consumer cameras these days are shooting 24 and 30 4 uh, k uh, some of them full frame with no crop. And it's incredible. And I remember seeing actually the first video that I ever saw from Kinotika. I don't think I ever told you this. The first Kinotika video I ever mm. saw was the original Canon M50 video, which I believe is still to this oh, day, nice. if I'm not mistaken, your most,
0: <laughs> most popular <Yeah>. one. <laughs>
1: um,
0: that was actually the... Yeah, over a million views on that. Yeah, one, yeah.
1: and... um that was like the first Kinetic video that I watched. And I just remember sitting there thinking, and I, I had the M50 because of that video Um, before I ever met you. I, I nice. picked up the M50 because of it. And um, I just remember like, in with that in mind, there's, there's no bad camera anymore. It's just preference. You know, everybody's going to have preference. Uh, Sony doesn't take bad photos. I just prefer, it's my preference to go with Canon Uh, Canon doesn't shoot bad video. I just prefer in my preference, Sony. I mean, in a perfect world, honestly speaking, I love Blackmagic. They don't shoot photos. I can grab stills from it. But if Blackmagic made some sort of (laughs) like full frame hybrid camera, I'd probably snag that. You know, if uh, if Lumix came out with uh, like the S5 is a great option. You know, every camera manufacturer Mm. makes a a stellar camera. Uh, Even that Nikon Z9 compared to the a one compared to the r5 or r3 like all of those flagship models you can they, they pretty much go hand in hand like any professional can pick that up and do great work totally. with it so you know when people say gear doesn't matter in today's technologically advanced uh, age it's essentially true i mean anybody can start a youtube channel even with a canon m50 or even their phones just the way that technology has p- continued to expand and progress it really is no bad camera, but all that to say you'll never see me shooting on a
0: Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Nikon Z9 is pretty legit. Yeah, it's so. a legit camera. But no, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um so yeah, so what do you what are you working on these days? Like let's wh- what's kind of what's going on right now? What are you most excited about? What are some of the things that you're looking forward to?
1: Yeah, so We just got back from NAB and I've been editing and working on a lot of the videos that we were doing for Condor Blue. As some of you that attended NAB might know, I was hosting some Q and A's with some of our uh, favorite collaborators and creators, Dave included. So if you guys, you know, that video will be out on the Condor Blues socials soon, but um, I've been working on those and then working on more shooting and, and editing for both Mondo and Justine Um, But right now, what is kind of been underway is uh, I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel and hosting a YouTube channel with Armando. Armando's a lot of his channel is based on cinematography, videography and talking about uh, cameras and and these incredible uh, accessories that come with cameras as well. Um, but we really wanted to, to curate a channel focused on photography and teaching photography and getting people excited about learning photography. And so that channel is going to be coming soon. I'll be hosting that. And and I've been writing scripts for that and game planning it. And I believe we're going to start shooting it sometime next week. Episode one is going to be uh, in the works. But I'm super stoked to to be working cool. on that. Um, you know, I I've been told by some friends that I would do okay in front of camera and it took me a long time to be comfortable doing that. Uh as you mentioned, I had this like long health journey in the past 2 years and a lot of it had to do with my on-camera confidence and you know, just having conversations with people like you and with Armando and even Justine just talking about me being in front of the camera. And I finally opened up to it and I finally warmed up to the thought of, you know, putting myself out there in that way. So yeah, I, am I, you know, decided to st- say, you know what, let's go it, let's, let's give it a go. Let's do it. And so uh, it's going to be called Photo Bytes. Uh, it's going to be Mondo Bytes and Photo Bytes. So Photo Bytes is going to be coming soon. And it's, it's all geared oh. towards photography. So if you guys do want to check that out, then please do. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know how to plug things, but it's not out yet, but... Yeah, that that's that's underworks right now. <laughs> well, that's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting, man. I love that, and I'm really happy for you. And um, I don't know if you do you want to share um, your about your weight loss journey? Yeah. at all? Yeah, or, I, I, or not? Of course, here? yeah. It's it's part of the
1: journey as well. Um, yeah. So I to to touch base on that. Uh, in the past two years, I've lost about 130, close to 135 pounds now. Uh, so I was creeping towards that that's 300 amazing, pound mark. And last I checked, I've, I'm sitting wow. at about 155 and that's just because I, I did keto for the past two years. So, you know, I remember in meeting Dave, congratulations, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, when I met you, I remember, I mean, I looked probably a good amount different. Um, and that was just, you know, I, I, grew up and spent my whole life kind of just being like this chubby kid. And then I went from being a chubby kid to a a tubby teen. And from that, a bigger plus sized adult. And, you know, there was, I, I was always happy with myself in terms of like my own life, but there were things that were coming into fruition, health things that started coming up that were getting scary to me. Um, so a lot of negative, um, things that were impacting my health started to concern me. And so I, I made the decision two years ago to just kind of flip that on its head and try to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, so I started Keto and mm. I've been doing it now for about two years. I haven't had a cheat day since I started. And it's it's been one of the harder journeys that I've been on, but it's definitely been one that i've learned a lot about i've learned a lot just listening to other people's stories and and hearing people's uh journeys with themselves not just about weight loss um but just in in making healthier decisions whether it's mental or physical uh for themselves i've mm. i've learned a lot about myself in doing this as well um, and then you know unfortunately, it's not an easy thing to just go from looking like one thing for at the time twenty one plus years to now that i'm i'm twenty three looking like this other thing, and you know it, it almost feels too drastic so there there are even still some times where I struggle with body dysmorphia and you know my own mental image, and that's something that i've I've wow. had to make strides to overcome. Um, which I'm still I still do struggle with there are still a lot of times where it's hard to see myself in the mirror and not see what I saw my entire life just because it's different now Um, oh my goodness dude even even things like yesterday um, I I was hanging out with a friend and, and catching up and a an old story popped up on my snapchat from a couple years back and I watched it and I was I looked back at myself and I was like wow like, there really has been a lot of change, um, but I still have to reflect on myself and say, like, how much, like, even if I change on the outside, can I say that I've had growth on the inside? And so, you know, even things like uh, maturity levels and and just, like, overall the way somebody carries themself, Um, I think a lot of that has changed mm-hmm. as I've gone through this, like, like weight loss journey. Um just the way that I, I carry myself, I feel more comfortable now in my skin. And I remember there being a lot of times before where I was physically uncomfortable with the way that I'd carry myself. And I, I had my self-conscious uh, mindset that would kind of be in the back of my mind at all times um, when it came to the shirt sizes mm. that I was wearing and you know the way that my arms were positioned when they rested on my sides. And so... I remember trying to lean way too heavily into being a comedic relief character. And that came off a lot of the time as just immature and a lot of immaturity. And so, you know, as I've been able to come out of that and, you know, be a little bit more comfortable with myself to myself, um, I, I found myself being able to let go of those more immature traits that I was uh, exhibiting because I now think less about what I look like, which is, it's very unfortunate that I I had so much um, weighing down on me when it came to the way I look, because at the end of the day, you are as beautiful as you tell yourself that you are. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a specific number tied to you because it doesn't change your personality and it shouldn't. But for a long time, I didn't know that and nobody had told me that. So, the number that i saw on the scale mm. did translate to the way i carried myself uh as a person as a friend uh the way that i put myself out there the way that i chose not to put myself out there in other ways as well um and especially like being on camera um i remember that there was a lot of, i i remember even doing the gear guy uh intro with you overthinking what I was wearing and overthinking like, you know, is my shirt too tight? Are the buttons stretching? Like, you know, I remember having those thought processes, but also thinking to myself like this is beyond me and it's almost like weird of me to complain about it. And it'll probably be weird of me to bring it up. And you know, it makes no sense for me to sit here and (laughs) complain about myself because at the end of the day, there's only one you, there's only one Dave, there's only one Jake unless we have twins, but still there's only one you. And so it's up to you to, to make, uh, your, your self love count where it should. And so I, you know, that self love aspect of it was something that I had struggled with for such a long time. And admittedly, I I still have my struggles here and there when it comes to that. And like I mentioned, like having body dysmorphia and not being able to unsee certain things about myself, but, um, you know the the weight loss was just the first part of the journey the like the mental self love journey is still something that i'm underway um and still trying to try to get on top of and you know with being comfortable on camera i need to also be comfortable with me as a person on camera my personality on camera putting that part of myself out there on camera for whoever views it and that was something that i tried when i put out those first vlogs Um, which there's only two and uh, even then I remember like editing footage of myself and critiquing myself too much and thinking like I don't know maybe I should Mm. reshoot this because I don't like the way that my chin looks I don't like the way that that shirt looks too tight I don't like the way my arms look and just being very nitpicky and being very like oh too conscious about sorry too conscious about my appearance and I don't know I I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that You know, it's not an an uncommon struggle for people to feel. And I think that there was a long time where Mm -hmm. I had support from my family and saying that there's nothing wrong with you or the way that you're built. But, you know, there's always going to be people on the outside making comments, making jokes. You're, you know, you almost convince yourself when you're unhappy with yourself, like I was for so long, that people are looking at you or people are making their judgments. And I still, convince myself of that every day, that people are looking and making their judgments or making their jokes. And that's just one of those things that I have to get over myself, which will take some time even still. Um, but yeah, I mean, that being said, um, it, it, the reason that I chose to take that journey, it's it's because to circle back um, to one of the first things that we talked about, my dream is to have a family and be able to provide for my family and take care of them. And I remember having these um, these health problems come up that were serious. They were, they were getting very serious and it was getting to the point, quite honestly, where I was pre-diabetic. And I remember thinking like, I, I if I'm going to say that I'm going to work this hard for my family, I feel like I'm not doing my that future family justice by also not putting in work on myself. And I want to be healthy for them for a long time and I want to do this for them as well. So I made that decision. Sure. Um, you know, after I heard that news and had a conversation with my friend about uh, specific things, the next day I was like, okay, I'm starting keto. I'm, I cannot budge. And I, I haven't since, but, you know, th- it was a decision that I made for the long term. Um, it, it was less about like, oh, I just want to look this way, have a summer bod or anything like that. I would just, you know, it, I just wanted to be healthier for me and for my family in the future. I'm not doing it for any other reason than that. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, even even yeah. now, like my current girlfriend, um, having the conversation about, you know, like where I came from and showing her pictures and, and having a conversation about the weight loss journey and like where my, you know, even now if I struggle taking my shirt off at the beach or anything like that, like having those conversations are still very hard. And it's still very shocking to me when I'm able to get past that like discomfort and be in that uncomfortable state, but still putting myself out there. Um, it's not easy to do still, but you know, my, my family's been supportive, my dad's been supportive, uh, my girlfriend's been absolutely amazing through it as yeah. well. And you know, overall, I'm glad that I decided to, to take that step towards uh this direction and i'm still i still have room to grow and i still have uh you know i I still have like a a transitions to go through as well um and just trying to be healthier and you know it i'm trying to gain muscle now so that i can uh, wield a camera a lot longer on a set um, because i had spent so much time just losing weight and not focusing on any muscle mass or anything like that so now i'm turning that around going to the gym and and gaining weight in a healthy way and it feels great and i'm i'm really like excited to to finally be at the point that like you know i'm i'm getting happier with myself and i'm still accepting things about myself and and yes there's still trials and tribulations and speed bumps and forks in the road but you know compared to where i was even mentally 2 years ago when I had struggled with depression and I had struggled with my own mental image, uh, seeing and reflecting mm-hmm. on that growth even now, um, it's something that I, I get to say that I'm proud of myself with. And that's, I mean, there's, it's just a great
0: feeling overall. Dude. Well, I'm super proud of you and anybody who's listening should be as well. And, um, if you're not inspired, by that story i don't know what else would inspire you i'm certainly inspired and um i can relate on a lot of levels as well in terms of uh self-image and things i've i was always um like when growing up i was very skinny and then when i got older i kind of like developed a dad bod and so like i'm just kind of trying to like lose lose weight and be healthy and um it's just because i as many of us do, we just kind of lose track of what we're putting in our bodies. And, um, you really do have to kind of be wise and thoughtful about what you actually are eating. Cause it, you know, if you're just only eating burgers and, uh, and dessert and giant bowls of ice cream, like those calories add up. And it's also just not, it's just all around, not healthy for your body. So, um, you know, our body is a temple and we need to treat it with respect. And uh, it also gives us more energy and and more um, kind of, you know, creative inspiration when we're healthier as well. Mm. So uh, the working out part is, is also part of it that, that I don't do as much. We bought the Nintendo switch um, ring fit mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if you yeah. know what that is, but um, that has been a lot of fun and Laura and I both have actually been playing that and doing that and it really turns working out into a game, which is a lot of fun. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I would like to close this out where, by the way, we're at about an, a little over an hour. So unfortunately we're at the end here, but to close us out, what is, um, one thing that you could change about, uh, just the YouTuber creator space. If you could like change something about YouTube, maybe some of the the things that you've, you've personally struggled with or things that you've seen others that you've worked with struggle with, is there like a a magical thing that you would want to see changed?
1: Mm. Oh, okay. Yes. One thing uh, that comes to mind right off the bat, and it's less about the creators that are inhabiting the space of YouTube. And it's more about YouTube itself, but guys, the algorithm what's going on um, there's, there's <laughs> I've seen so many changes in the algorithm in the past couple of years, and i've I've actually studied analytics and, and algorithm that I can apply towards my work as you know being the head of social media marketing for Condor Blue or working for content creators or even doing uh, freelance work that I still do for uh other brands mm-hmm. and working and and still doing one-off editing jobs for other content creators or uh media production companies or shooting in hollywood on on these sets um i think just the biggest thing that i've seen is that the algorithm it seems to like have changed and shifted and, and there's i've i've been part of other conversations with other creators about it as well and i've seen other creation like creators have conversations about it but. Apparently, the algorithm just beats people up every every now and then, and I think that it's it's both a blessing and a curse. When I've seen that once a a content creator gets on their grind and their hustle, that they're you know they're they're helped out by the algorithm, but they almost feel like they're not able to take a break because then it kind of you know they kind of struggle to get through some algorithm changes when that happens and I, I think that i heard in another podcast um where somebody brought up the idea of there should just be like a pause content button so that where they stand in the algorithm yeah. it won't change if they're like hey um my wife is pregnant we're having another kid i need to take two months of- off or hey like i'm i'm yeah. going through this thing and i need this month or a couple of weeks." I think that uh, the ability to kind of have that like pause would be great. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of yeah. stress. I've definitely seen some of the creators that I've worked for, um, not just Justine or Armando, but other creators as well that I've, I've worked alongside tell me and, and share their experiences with like, it almost feels like if you like, like a shark or a fish, like if you stop moving, you drown. And so having that like mm. pause ability would be amazing to see at some point, which it's, it's impossible to ask for. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's almost scary. And that's kind of been what's held me from starting my own channel is that I know that it's a long-term day-in and day-out commitment to see the type of growth that people would expect to or at least hope to have when it comes to content creating or being a YouTuber. So I think that um, yeah. just... Maybe little tweaks in the YouTube algorithm would be awesome. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, every that everybody awesome. is so welcoming and loving in the YouTube space. And it really is a tight-knit community of brothers and sisters that band together and, you know, everyone's supportive of, of one another. And we all have some nutty ideas every now and then. And, you know, it, it's just... Um, <laughs> you know it's it's a great space to be in and i'm i'm more than happy to be a part of it in any way shape or form and will never stop um never stop working for it and never stop loving being a part of something greater than myself and i will never stop thanking you once again for the opportunity and for giving a kid uh from riverside a chance you know um and you know you Of course dude helping helping (laughs) shape my journey and and helping shape uh where my life is headed so you know there's no complaints there just just the algorithm
0: (laughs) (laughs) i agree man yeah that'd be really cool to be able to do that but um yeah we'll see we'll see if they'll do something like that all right, Jake Bernal. Um, where can people find yeah, you? Yeah, well, uh, on social right now, people can find me uh
1: mo- mostly on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, so if you guys want to chat on Twitter, I mostly just post about camera nerd stuff. Uh, at J M B E R N I C L E. So J M as in Love mom it. Bernicle. Same on Instagram, J M <laughs> Bernicle on Instagram. And then if you guys want to check out my photo, Instagram J M two. I'm looking to get JM Vertical changed because I'm quite tired of that username, but right now that's where it sits. So if you guys want to give me a follow and- I think it's cool, dude. You know, it's unique. I've had some conversations, uh, especially with like Mondo about how it makes me a bit harder to find. And I agree, but the one person that has the Jake Bernal Instagram is like been inactive since 2013 and was like 12 or 13 years old uh. the last time he posted. And I've not been able to get that account like deactivated so i can snipe that username but anybody
0: and i just i just searched on twitter and somebody also is just sitting on it but you can you could get those probably but it's a lot of work and i I don't know how. i've been trying for months i kind of like the as long as your name is do you have your name like as your because you can make your name like on the account Or do you have JM Bernacle on both? It's
1: it's um, so yeah. My Instagram name is JM Burnicle, but it says my name on the
0: account. Yeah, Uh, yeah. As long as because like as I search for the word Jake on Instagram, like it just pops right up. And I don't know. I think it's kind of fun to have like a username. It's like a different, a completely different kind of like word, and it's cool. It's it's inside how I met. Until you can get the clean oh is it yeah
1: like a barnacle and it's like barney stinson barnacle it's a oh good. my plan has been to change my main user uh username to at jake bernal and then make my photo instagram just the main jm Barnacle without the two on it um but i cannot get the at jake bernal oh. to budge and I i've been trying to get in contact with the owner of that account but they've been inactive since 2012 or something so you know if anybody could assist with that that'd be great but if you know if not i'll stick with jm Bernacle. but yeah you guys can find me on uh at jm vernicle you can also uh peep me in some of justine's videos i think uh one of her latest videos that's going to be coming out you can peep me uh jumping off of stuff and catch me in the background of armando's videos as well and then pretty soon you will see me on youtube finally making my youtube debut at Photobytes, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then you can also come chat with me at Condor Blue and see me on the Condor Blue YouTube channel. So if you guys want to talk and if you guys want to uh, catch up about some stuff, <laughs> tell me about uh, tell me about your gear or ask me any questions, then hit me up on any one of those platforms. i will be more than willing and more than happy to talk with you guys.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jake. And uh, we hope that you can secure your usernames. Uh, in the future (laughs) i hope so (laughs) i was just gonna say seriously again thank you for coming on and for sharing your story and of course i'm just so grateful to have you in my life as well you've been a huge blessing you gave us a uh an xbox for my birthday which is like still something that we use constantly so thank you so much for that (laughs) anytime just wait till the next xbox comes for your next birthday (laughs) oh my gosh no no i I don't want it i'm not i'm not like worthy enough i don't play games enough we do all we play is like just dance and tetris so i don't need a better (laughs)
1: hopefully it'll get to the point in my career where i can uh you'll have an fx3 sitting at your
0: doorstep under the christmas tree oh yeah (laughs) that'd be awesome all right jake thank you so much for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon